Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to the War Room. We got Ted, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the Hot Block Commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the printers and talk sports on a national level? Vote with the topics, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports is on the sweet name, a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. Dirty dang, dirty dang. What up, what up, what's good, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother, B. Austin. Uh, another shout out to, to the homie, to the to our brother, uh, Jimmy the Blueprint. Uh, he'll be back with us as soon as he possibly can, but we first want to give a lot of thanks to everybody who's reached out to us, you know, to give the, the brother... Um, their condolences, man. We we really felt the love for him, and we passed it on. So shout out to you guys for doing that. Look, we are in week number ten of the sports and life shutdown. That's what I like to call it, due to the novel coronavirus, COVID nineteen. There's more and more talk of us getting back to sports in the near future, but as of now, still nothing. But as usual, you know, we still got a little bit of ish to talk. So keep it locked right here. Uh, in the war room, we probably won't be getting to the whole two hours once again. But if you want to get in on the conversation, uh, you can sign in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Uh, shout out to uh, everybody in there right now. I think Neil is holding it down by herself. Uh, thank you, Neil, for the mic check. You can hear us. That's what's up. Uh, but look, as usual, man. During the show, we'll be taking calls on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. Before we get started, like we always do, during, you know, got to remind you guys, during the week when we're not live on the air, you can remember to check out archive episodes of our show. Um, you can do that on our network directly on the website at warroomsports.com. You can also listen on iTunes, TuneIn, Blog Talk Radio, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, wherever you do most of your podcast listening, because we know podcasting is, man, it, it's taken off in the last five to seven years. So everybody has a podcast and everybody listens to a little something, but we're most likely to be um, wherever you do your podcast listening. But B, what up, bro? Question for you, man. Are really in Subway ordering footlong Black Forest ham on Honey Oak with rocket launchers strapped to their back these days? That's what we're doing now? <laughs> I think Yo, that I think the, the uh, new civil uh, war is is near, man. I'm 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 I think it's near. I think that uh, our current president has given heart to a large segment of the population. Um, you know, they they out here. He on one on one side of his mouth, he's trying to manage the COVID epidemic. <laughs> epidemic. The other side of his mouth, he's telling people that are standing on courthouse steps with heavy artillery that they are the they are the bastion of freedom and an example of patriotism in the United States for standing up against the states who are trying to look out for their health and welfare and well-being. But Yo, but if you but if you take that. your but if you take a knee at a football game, you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And you're standing against a battery in their backs, man. They're a bunch of energizer bunnies with rocket launchers strapped to their backs. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you know what? And 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 you know, I'm all for you know, and, and we're gonna leave uh Biff Tannen alone after this, but I'm I'm all for having an open mind and saying that dude isn't necessarily a bigot or a racist. But I I saw a recent stat and I'd like to point out this isn't our stat of the week, but just a, just an interesting two interesting facts. The first pick the first pick of the twenty twenty draft was an African American brother, correct? Yep. The second pick was Caucasian. You talking about the, Why did, uh, the NFL draft? Yeah. yeah, the NFL draft. Who the hell was the first pick in the NFL draft? <laughs> I, don't I don't pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, don't. I, I know run, people that listen for the first time like, yo, don't these dudes do sports, man? I ain't did sports in about a year. <laughs> they don't know what um, I ain't listening to. <laughs> um, no, yo, no, 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 no. Um, the boy from LSU. Burrow, he's he's a white boy. Burrow was Burrow was yeah. Okay. He was the first, right. and okay. then Chase Daniels was a black dude. He went to Washington. I'm sitting okay. there thinking like, I yo, think- I hate drafts, but I did watch a little bit of it because there's nothing else on. <laughs> okay, maybe it was the 2019 draft. Somebody made a comment. Uh, yeah, it was it was the 2019 draft that Kyler he Murray didn't congrat- he didn't congratulate Kyler Murray. He congrat he congratulated the second pick, and <laughs> that's unprecedented. Why would you not congratulate the first pick of the NFL draft? Why would you skip Kyler Murray? And then the other thing was there's the um, there's the Teacher of the Year award. I think there's the Educator of the Year, and it just so happened to be black, and he's the first president sitting president since uh, World War II to not congratulate. That uh, that person. Yeah. That's also the first. No, I mean, you remember when when this all first started? Um, we were of the opinion that dude, once he realized who his base was, he was he willing, you know, to to do and say whatever it was that appeased them. So we were like, you know, it's a possibility that he's not a racist, that he's not a bigot. But he's doing what he has to do. But at this point, that might be even worse. If you're, you know, faking that, you know, and being something that you're really not. But, but it's been too long for me to keep even giving him that, you know, benefit of the doubt. You, you're in. You, what happened the last four years? You were in. Uh, mission accomplished. So you could have gone back to what everybody thought you were. A long time ago, and and everybody out there, don't sit, don't sit here in front like you didn't think he was one thing because Donald Trump was big in the hip hop world. Everybody wanted to pose with him. Everybody wanted to put his name in a song, um, and all that kind of stuff. So at, at one point, people, you know, people, our people were down with Donald Trump. Now, like he he's, I'm not gonna say he's totally different than from what he was. But it affects more people now. It's more on the front burner. It's, it's, it's just out there and it's in your face. And it's most importantly putting a battery in the back of the people who really, really, really feel some type of way. And it's getting a little bit dangerous. You know what I'm saying? So you, you can't help but notice things now. But we'll see, man. We'll, we'll, we'll see 
how everything continues to go um, in the country. Uh, this whole pandemic thing is crazy. Uh, we've been talking about this for the last 10, 12, maybe 13 weeks, you know, even before everything was shut down. But what we're going to do now, man, we're going to get into some of these sports topics that, and, you know, the first of which surrounds everything that's going on from this pandemic and, you know, how sports leagues are talking about getting back on the field. But before we do that, uh, just got to let you guys know that Hot Topics are brought to you by my bookie. Look, War Room family, when sports do return, you can make tons of bread. Sports betting at my bookie. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie, because we, you know, we push and promote it every week, you still haven't done it. You can get your account up and running right now. So when the games do start back up, you'll be ready to go. Lay down some cash on the biggest games in sports. You can join us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You guys are tired of getting the runaround, tired of getting excuses when it's time to collect on your bets from these other services and those, you know, personal bookies you might have. That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast, no hassle, <laughs> no violence. You're wasting your time sports betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after the game start. So join now on my bookie. You'll match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all one word, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. That's mybookie.ag. Play, win, get paid. That's all there is to it. So like I just mentioned a a couple seconds ago, uh, a lot of leagues – are starting to plan comebacks. Uh, the MLB owners um, has a they have approved giving the players' union a plan that would start the MLB season around the fourth of July, but with no fans. Um, you have the NBA superstars uh, forming an, a united front about resuming the season on a private conference call on Monday. Um, NBA super. When I say NBA superstars, you know I'm talking about the ones you expect. First of all, Chris Paul, who's still the president of the Players Association, arranged the call. But of course, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Kawhi Leonard. Pretty sure he didn't say much on the call. Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, and Russell Westbrook were all a part of this call. The group's decision is expected to hold, you know, a lot of weight in the decision-making process of league officials. Um, they want, they really want to start, restart the season. They're claiming that, you know, they can do that by following all of the precautions and, and being safe. But B, do you, do you really think, you know, the way that sports go, the way that um, just things go on the court, especially, because, um, you know, it's indoor in a smaller place. Um, you got the whole locker room dynamic. You got the bench dynamic. Like, how are you going to, quote, unquote, social distance on the bench when they're selling tickets where fans are damn near sitting on the bench with you these days? Um, do you think it's possible to, quote, unquote, take these precautions that they're talking about? Or do you think since this call was basically just made up of the superstars in the league whose legacy depends on every season. And then you have people like LeBron who's heading up the call, you know what I'm saying? His, his career is pretty much winding down at this point. He's in the midst of a season where his team is number one in the West. 
He has a great chance to win another championship. Like, do you think these superstar guys might be putting that over safety? And do you think the other guys agree with this stuff? Do you think they speak for everybody? B? All right, I cannot hear B. <laughs> Hold up. Oh, B, you there? Yeah, I'm 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 here. I was saying if you think for one moment that LeBron James is not considering his legacy and the ability to get closer to MJ, especially after the last dance, you out your cotton picking. LeBron trying to trying to trying to chase down that, you know, that uncatchable ghost of Jordan. So that's that's what this is about for him. Um, you know, and let's let's get to the to the safety thing. Um I think that it's easy as a player to want to get back on the court and kind of see how you can protect yourself. But what about the support personnel that makes arenas run? What about right. the regular average Joe that needs to come to work in order for you to play this this uh, game of amusement? Right. This child and then, and this is, and I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. This is even if they decide to do like the MLB and cancel fans out of the equation, there's still a lot of people on those support staffs that, you know, have to play a part in making this whole thing play out. Um so, like I said, you, you got to think about them. But I'm even, you know, to the point where I'm thinking about players who aren't considered superstars. There's a lot of people out there, you know, they're playing this game because they love it. You know, a lot of them are on teams where they also have a chance to win. They love to win and that kind of thing. But you also have a bunch of players whose every conversation isn't about their legacy. So they might not have the same incentive, the same motivation to get back out there as a LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis, who's in position to win his first title. Um, Chris Paul, maybe not so much. I kind of thought what OKC was doing at the, at, you know, in this season up until it was suspended was a little bit of smoke and mirrors anyway. We'll see if they can sustain that when it comes back. That's another story. But still, these guys, you know, their legacy is 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 on the line every single movement that they make. Think about the, the, the ninth and tenth man on the bench. Like they might be sitting here like I didn't agree to that. Like I'm not trying to go back out there until somebody gets a hang on uh, you know a hand on this thing. So it, it's it will be an interesting dynamic if those you know to find out whether or not the rest of the players has have given those guys the power to speak for them or if the superstars of the league are just going to, you know, make that decision and take it to the executives of the league and try to get everybody back out there. You mentioned this well, to me earlier B, about how this COVID-19 thing might change sports forever. Like what were, you know, what were you thinking when you mentioned that to me? How do you think it'll change sports forever? Um, first of all, the number of fans that come to see a live game, um, hmm. I, I, I want to say forever, but I'm going to remove that and say at least for the foreseeable future, you're yeah. not going to be getting more than 50% of your, your average turnout to any given sporting event. You're not. 
Like they, they, if you if your arena holds twenty thousand, you're not getting more than ten thousand for for certain because first of all, there's so many ways to consume live entertainment now. You know, from right. from the confines of your home, from your mobile device. Why risk putting yourself in touch with the the pandemic um, if you don't have to? Right. So I think until there's a solid vaccine and cure, which in my best estimation is at least two years away, I don't see things returning to any semblance of normalcy for about five years in terms of large gatherings. And when you think about it, so you got kids, which I would qualify kids as anybody between the ages of 15 and 30. You got kids that will want to get together and and socialize and be in groups and all of that, but is that the demographic that spends a hundred to three hundred dollars on an evening going to see a professional game of amusement? No, I don't think right. so. But, so hey, but that's another thing. People that spend the, mm-hmm. the supply and demand factor may may bring prices down. Like if you if you're correct in this and you're not filling the, the arena to capacity, then they're gonna have to cater to people who make a little bit less money, who are willing to come out. Like I saw photos, um whenever whatever day it was that Wisconsin uh overruled their governor's stay at home orders and everybody was open back up and allowed to go back out. Like I saw photos of people crowded in bars. And and the crazy part is it was the actual bars tweeting it like they were bragging that, you know, we're crowded at this time and everybody's sitting in there in close quarters. So it's a, it's a huge part of the population who don't care whatsoever. So like you said, if 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 you can get those people that you call kids um, able to afford professional sporting events, which may have to happen, you know, supply and demand, then you might be back in business the way that you want to be back in business. Of course, not make, not making the same kind of coin because you can't charge the same kind of coin for what they're basically doing. But I, I, I think it'll, it'll be different too. I mean, but just think about, we're just going to stick to basketball right now. Cause I'm interested in, in that notion that you brought up to me of how things are going to be different. I, I'm, I'm thinking down to the way players celebrate going to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to see high fives and stuff like that because people aren't going to want to unnecessarily get that close to people. I mean, it's a, it's a sporting event. It's a basketball game. So they have to be close to each other. No, no, no post-play? Even less post-play? I, I was about to say, the post-play was being eradicated from the game anyway. So this is going to give everybody more of an excuse. Yeah, it, it, it's going to look different. It's definitely going to look different. And then we think about, you know, a few months from now when it's time for uh, football, college, and NFL to get started. We still don't know what fall sports are going to look like in football, if they're, I mean, in uh, college, if they're going to look like anything, you know, if they're going to even go back out there because there's a lot of schools out there who are thinking, um, you know, these semesters may start even later if they bring uh, kids back on campus at all. So I'm like, how's that going to fare for the moneymaker of most of these schools, which is football programs? 
and you know NCAA, the funny the funny thing you know, about about this and and it's really not funny, but I feel like maybe maybe you are seeing the country get a handle on COVID nineteen, maybe. But with opening back up, what you have essentially said is survival of the fittest. And I'm going to talk about some some, some hard notions right now, some things that really – so human beings as animals, right? Not – we're not talking about morality. We're not talking about right and wrong. We're not talking about spiritual side of things, just as animals and science. We will, as other animals, adapt. And the question becomes, how many, how many people will have to die before the human gene adapts or genes adapt on their own to be resistant to COVID? Because you're never going to be totally impervious to it, but resistant enough that you can just live and exist with COVID in the world. How long does that take? how many people have to be exposed and how many people die. Cause of the thing that you and you and Jimmy uh, mentioned, shout out to our brother about the Roni is usually you catch something, you heal from it. You're good. There are literally cases of people that have caught COVID three, three times. Wow. They've caught it three times. So where, where do you, how many people, so now you've opened back up, so you're going to spike the COVID cases by sheer virtue of opening back up. And there's so many things to, there's so many perspectives to look at it from. There's the scientific perspective of saying, okay, let these animals, let these animals frolic and die. And the ones that don't die are the strong ones. There's that perspective. There's the other perspective of the United States of America being the engine of the world's economy because we consume so much and our entire livelihood is based on spending. We buy when we're happy. We buy when we're sad. We buy, we buy, we buy, we spend, we buy, we spend. And if you don't have that spending occurring and you don't have people working, you've already pushed the global economy that much closer to depression, not recession, depression. So they have to open up or you face going off the deep end to the abyss, which nobody really wants. So there's a lot at stake here, and I think that the call has been made in some meetings that we'll never know happened that, listen, if he dies, he dies. We're going to open back up. <laughs> Pretty much. No, I've seen a lot of people out there fighting for, like, first of all, you know, I think for a lot of people it's a false fight. Everybody's talking about the economy, quote-unquote, the economy, when I think a lot of people are mistaking the economy for their personal finances. You know, just say what you mean. Like, I want my damn job. I want to get paid. Um, The economy really, just think about it. Most people, most people, I don't know about all these people out here, but most people, you know, when you're looking at your family, and then you're looking at the economy of the whole nation. Most people care more about their family. You know what I'm saying? Right. When it comes to your personal finances, that ties into your family and your ability to take care of your family. So everybody out here that's fighting under the guise of 
we can't let the economy crumble. The economy has to be strong are really just saying, I need to go to work. I need to make money. I need to, you know, support my family. My um, job. As far as I, I need to put food on my family. Concerned. Like the economy can kiss my ass as long as my family is safe. You know what I'm saying? We'll, mm-hmm. We're going to have to find a way, you know, for the people that's affected. It's, it's easier said than done for a lot of people. You know, we have our own thing and we all are enterprising. So we have different streams of income where something like this doesn't totally cripple us. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of people aren't in that position, but it's still, like it, it sounds selfish in a way for what people claim to be fighting for, I would respect it a whole lot more if people were just, you know, just honest. Like, yo, <laughs> I wanted to open back up because I need to get paid. I need to support my family. Like, come on, we're not out here marching on Capitol buildings armed. I don't even know what the arm part is about anyway. Like, what are we going to shoot the place up if y'all don't open back up in a please, certain please, amount of time? Please, but, you understand what it's about. Stop and, I, and what I'm getting at is, is kind of like a lot of the people that you see out here doing this, like they wouldn't understand the economy if you tried to explain it to them. So it's like, are, is that what you're, you're really fighting for? Like most of these people haven't invested in anything outside of their job. So to, to sit out here and broadly state that you're fighting for the economy, I just don't buy that in a lot of these cases. But hey, that's just my opinion. That is not the opinion of. I don't. You know, I don't disagree. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree. Uh, with anything you said, um, essentially, I always function under the impression that until you prove me wrong, for the most part, 85% of human beings are cattle or lemmings anyway. And so <laughs> we can talk at the higher level about the broader macro picture as opposed to drilling down because it's a given as we drill down that the individual knows nothing of the economy. They're just living check to check. And if that check is impacted, it's a problem. But we're seeing more right. and more people. I'm here watching these people impacted. out here talking about I need a haircut and all of this stuff and I need the economy to be open. I'm like, all right, explain any facet of the economy to me right now. <laughs> that should be the test. That should be the test for these governors who aren't ready to open back up. Just go outside with a, mm-hmm. with a megaphone. Like, all right, I'm looking for volunteers to come up and explain the economy to me, and then we'll think about mm-hmm. opening back up. But um, yeah, yeah but I, I agree with you though. Sports are going to look totally different from here on out. Um, whether or not, I think this is going to make us take quote unquote normal sicknesses, viruses, infections. It's going to make us take everything a little bit more seriously, hopefully, hopefully, because, you know, we, we have the emphasis now on washing your hands and, you know, covering your mouth and all that kind of stuff. And you would hope that especially grown people would have been doing that stuff already. But it's amazing when you realize who really wasn't because they seem like they're inconvenienced by it right now. But um, everything's going to look different, man. And, and it's interesting, especially – uh, in the realm of sports to see how that is going to look exactly. All right. So our quote of the week, man, it's simple. It's two words. And those two words are I'm back. And that's what your boy, Iron Mike Tyson said after he put out his second 
uh, training video, which is which was a little more impressive than the first um, uh, earlier in the week. But it's not just Mike Tyson who's putting out videos now. Evander Holyfield has released a training video. B, tell me you, you've seen the Evander Holyfield video juxtaposed next to the Mike Tyson video. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw it. Event, and we've, we've all seen Evander Holyfield in his prime back when he was young. He was never the most skilled boxer. He was what we would call a warrior. You know what I'm saying? He would always rise to the occasion when we felt that he was outmatched, outclassed. You know, that was just him. That's why he's a legend. Man, if you look at Mike's video now, and the thing is, is many people that are impressed by Mike Tyson's workout, and I'm impressed because he's 53 years old, gave up the game, like hadn't thrown punches in years because he didn't even like, he doesn't, he claims to not even like the person that he has to get into to get into that mind state. If you look at a picture of Mike Tyson from like September 2019 until now, you see like he's not just joking around. This dude is really in better shape. But even being as impressed as we are with his workout video, for Mike Tyson, that's actually slow. But if you look at Evander Holyfield's workout, man, it looked like that dude was shadow boxing underwater. It looked like he was shadow boxing in a pool, yo. I'm like, yo. And, and I know yo. both of these guys have said they want to come back in the Exhibition capacity They want to do charity fights Somehow once Evander Announced that he was going to do that Somehow the media then Already tied them to fighting Each other haven't heard that from Either one of these guys but everybody out there Who's watching these videos are now Comparing them and talking about Who's going to win this fight as if this fight Has been planned I'm going to keep it A thousand with you You know I over talk I'm gunning you know, we, we as you get as you get older, you lose more and more of your filter. You're just honest. You keep it a hundred with yourself and with others. Michael Jordan was my hero. He's a piece of shit as a human being, but he's one of them. AI, Kobe. I always felt a little a little nervous to admitting how high I ranked Mike Tyson because of the losses that he took. But when I when I juxtapose when I compare and contrast and juxtapose Mike Tyson's career over top of any other great, there's no human being in a boxing game that brought me the joy that Mike Tyson did. Man, Mike Tyson the greatest boxer I ever saw. He the greatest I ever saw. And so there's a part of me, the child, the inner child. I always want to see Mike get in the ring. I always want to. Now, then, I, then there's I, the real. There's, there's, there's the real. There's the real. Hold on. There's the real. I know how old I am. Mm-hmm. I know how old he is. I don't really want to see him get in the ring. <laughs> not for not not for real because it's like it's like when you get in shape and you're feeling good. And you, you all right, you know, we, we men of a certain age, you feeling good, and that jumper is falling. And then you get out there with a 20-year-old that's in a Division One collegiate athlete, and you realize why you, you, you need to stick to the over 30. 
realize they that there's levels so, age levels to this. <laughs> so I'm saying all of this about about Mike. Mike looked grand. He looked amazing. I don't want to see Mike fight anyone, but here's why I don't want to see him fight Evander Holyfield. Mike Tyson that I saw, Mike Tyson a killer, Evander Holyfield, man. I don't want that yeah. on Mike's conscience. Yeah, because Evander is already dealing with less than a full deck because he he, yeah. he stayed around too long, you know, when it was real. Mike, Mike Tyson looks like Mike Tyson. Alibi slower for Mike. Alibi. He he he. Comparing him slower to his prime, obviously that's not prime. Three year old you've probably ever seen. <laughs> but but he still he still looks like Mike Tyson. Yeah. I don't know who that other guy was. You're telling me that's Evander. I'm telling you, I don't know who that was. And I don't want to see Mike <laughs> fight somebody I don't know. <laughs> and 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 I don't know. You must have been talking to the, you know the new people to the program because anybody. Um, who's listening to this program for the last nine and a half years know exactly how you and everybody else here feels about Mike Tyson. We we definitely got to throw disclaimers on that when we say that because a lot of people are like, you know, how do y'all hold Mike Tyson in such high regard and his career went the way no. it did? Mike Tyson, is a, is a, he's a tragic story. My, a focused Mike Tyson would have never lost a boxing match in his life, but Mike Tyson... I, and, I, and, I, and I think... I state that as if it's fact, and I believe it's fact. Even though it's not fact, that's fact. Mike Tyson I, I, is undefeated I, 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 in my I mean, mind. I don't even think. I mean, it's not, it's some, it's, it, it definitely comes off as speculation because it's something we'll never be able to prove. But as, the more you research about Mike Tyson, read his books if you get a chance, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a tragedy because here you threw this, this poor dude into the mix with all of this money, all of this attention, all of these yes people, all of these women, um, all of these people who wanted to take advantage of him and prey on him. And he just, he, he could not handle that. Mike Tyson did more drugs than I ever thought. Like, come on, you know Mike Tyson had to be on something at some point. But when you read his book and you know how big his cocaine habit was and how much it came back when it was supposed to have gone away, I think yeah. even the most, even the, the biggest Mike Tyson critics would be shocked to learn about how much drugs he's, he's done in his life. Um, it looks like that at 53 with all of that poison he put through his body. So you, so you kind of don't all that understand how he's in that. He he doesn't understand. Like at a certain point, he didn't understand how he's still on this earth. But it seems like in the last few years, as he's gotten his life fully back on track, you know what I'm saying? He's he's come face to face with his demons, and he's he's become a better Mike Tyson. And as much as I like him, I've always uh-huh. told you, be like I I I could never hang around Mike Tyson, even the nice, because when Mike Tyson is in nice Mike Tyson mode. Like, dude, seems he's gonna, to be like he's gonna hit you on the shoulder and thing. break it. He, yeah, he 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 kissing people on the cheek and trying to help you do this. And I just think I've always thought that at any moment he would snap. Remember when we were talking to some representatives and we were talking about doing an interview with him maybe like seven years ago. But this was, you know, we were trying to figure out if we were gonna keep it phone or try to do this face to face. I was like, oh, as much as I love Mike, 
it would have to be over the phone. Like we, you can just say the wrong thing by mistake and not even know it's the wrong thing, and Mike is just turning into that person that he claims not to like. So yo, yeah, no, I, I would never. Yo, I can, I can, I consider <laughs> myself. I consider myself borderline pretty, pretty, pretty tough, pretty tough umber, pretty tough guy. I, I don't want any problems, Mr. Tyson, and I apologize for whatever you think that I thought that I think that I did. I apologize for it. He, he my man, but he crazy. Yo, <laughs> he crazy. Did you did you ever did you ever see uh, the Locks interview about Mike Tyson and how he was hitting he was hitting on ease? And he looked like oh, he, yeah, yeah, yo, yeah. you got like, yo, yo. <laughs> it, I, I almost died. I almost died listening to <laughs> to to Luch and Jada Kiss yo. and Styles P. Yo, it's not even Luch. It's Styles P. And Jada tell that story. That's one of the greatest stories of all time. Anyway, oh my gosh! This, uh, all right, let's let's let's, oh, go to the, let's go to the phone lines real quick. We got a couple calls on the line. Uh, bear with us, people on the line, because we don't have uh, any producer screening calls this evening. Some people we know. Um, some people we're just going to call out your area code when we get to you. Uh, but we know this guy. Got we got calling in from Arizona. Got Roll down time, fellas. Hey, Come on now, all this COVID nineteen, y'all already knew the South was playing college football this year. Y'all already knew that. It was the South that was out there marching with with the rocket launchers to get get everything open hey. back up. Hey, all I know is that we better have a kicker this year at Alabama, but uh, <laughs> but, but you know what. It, I'm watching on TV, so if them dudes fall out dead, that's on them. Hey, I tell you what, I do have. A, I, hey, I was gonna buy. I got a hotel room for Baton Rouge for like uh, the LSU Alabama game, or revenge tour game. Uh, I might still go there anyway. If I die, I eat bacon anyway, so I'm a dead man walking anyway. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yo, no, nah, so, so, so here's the thing: as long as you don't kiss, you don't kiss the ID ways in the mouth, so you all right. Yeah. Hey, like y'all talk about Mike Tyson, right? It kind of ties into the last dance with Jordan. People say they want to about Jordan, but 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 look at how his family was had strong mother and father and family structure. Where when yeah. someone may try to weasel him, he had his mom and dad to lean on will provide that structure. Mike didn't have that, and they prayed on that. It's kind of like how a lot of these college. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, Tobias. Absolutely, that's a great point. That's a yeah. great point. Because look at Mike, he had the right agent who looked out for him. His, cause even to his father's death, his father was still out there being a, being like the parental advice. His mom still is to this day. And I, and people don't underscore the structure. And like about that documentary, people, they talk about, well, I hate Michael's leadership style. Everyone's style of leadership is not the same. I know everybody trying to make a comparison to LeBron. LeBron, his style is his style. He's a different type of personality than a Michael or a Kobe or like a Magic, somebody like that. And you have to do his work. And like, yo, the one yo, thing, Tobias, I got a question to ask you. Can you truly be a leader if you want everybody that follows you to like you and you want to be friends with you? Of course not. Dude, I'll tell you okay. this. Okay, I'm just asking. As someone who was in the military, y'all knew I was in the Air Force, in the military. 
And like some I don't of the know stuff why, you said, hey, you know how this black folks ain't black folks opportunities. You know how that is. We ain't joining because we're mm-hmm. patriots. We join because we have another option. You know that. Uh, word, word. Hey, the biggest shock ever was a black patriot. Uh, that was the biggest shock ever. Video of us was for the check, but uh, and, and, you know, but 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 what? But, but the but the leadership it made me think because I learned this was like you don't ask anyone to do what you don't want to do, and like you set that standard. People may not like the way he talked. But he set that standard about always being a shaker. Remember that was Kobe, remember, remember how, how like Kobe criticized Shaq? Was like, hey, you the leader of the team, you got to come in shape. And people are mad at Kobe over that. Remember, and, uh, but Kobe was right because if you if you you the leader, you set the standard. And uh, if people want to follow that standard, you could be like Brad Sellers or Dennis Hopson and Rose. But I do want to know if Craig Hodges did approve of these last two episodes of Last Dance. So I also want to ask him, did he approve of it? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Always got something to say, um, but no, yeah, I, I I totally understand that. I mean, as a man, um, you know, Mike would have had to get give me a fair one just because of the way he was talking to certain people on the team. And hey, you know, Steve Kerr did what he had to do. Steve Kerr didn't back down, and he earned his respect. He earned Mike's respect. He says himself, like our relationship after that became phenomenal. Because I didn't back down from them, and that's what that's what you got to do with somebody leading with that style. Like they're gonna love the people who turn out to be a dog just like them. Um, yeah. And it's fair. It's it doesn't get any more fair than somebody who won't ask anything of you that they won't ask of themselves. Because so like the example that Tobias just brought up, like if Shaq was gonna be pushing people in the weight room. In the off season, you know, calling people to know, oh, man, you better be in shape when we get here. We're gonna win this chip, and he's sitting around chilling. Like, who's gonna respect that? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it, it's it's it, it was a great point. It was a you know it was yeah. kind of a powerful point for him to make. Um, I don't know if he needed all the tears and the drama, but it was a powerful point for him to say. You know, I've never asked anything of of anybody. That I wasn't willing to do myself in, in life, and see, and, uh, I still think the Detroit Pistons was what made him what he was as a person uh, on the court. They, I, I believe the Pistons hardened him, uh, and sometimes that adversity does make you harder. But Scottie Pippen, for example, that's everybody keeps talking about. Oh, Scottie Pippen is. I think he's a great player, but I think he's been overrated at the same time. But the thing is, sometimes you don't know about a player until stuff happens. Is that you didn't know he wasn't a leader until the moment the leadership came. And, and yeah. but that's but that's no shame in that. You just have to deal with him accordingly. Got is literally the greatest Robin ever, probably. Because when we look like, at a lot of these no, other duels, a lot of these other duels weren't Batman and Robin type situations. Like Shaq and Kobe may have started that way. That turned into Batman, Superman, you know, <laughs> Batman, Batman. If you clone a dude, um, more like you know, Magic Wayne, cutting out Bruce Wayne, right? Magic and Kareem—that <laughs> was, that was Batman, Superman, or, or Batman, Batman, if you will. But Pippen and Jordan was always a Batman, Robin type of relationship, and he fit that role. And he might be one—he might be the greatest to ever fit that role. But like you said, <laughs> with moments of leadership came his way. It was a little bit different. Like people felt more easy when Pippen was there and Jordan wasn't there because 
kind of like B was saying with LeBron because he wanted to be liked by everybody. So he was nice to everybody. So everybody felt a little easier. Everybody, everybody felt like equals almost, knowing that they weren't as good as Pip, but they probably felt like his equal. And, you know, they – and they still lost. They were, you know, they were a pretty good team that first season. They, nobody, you notice, know, Tobias, though, nobody ever talks about the second season. You know, and how Michael Jordan came, came back, back they were like 14 or 4. Nobody <laughs> talks about the season when they were like struggling around 500. People just want to be like, man, they won 57 games without Mike. What about the next season? They, you know what reminds me They, they always say, like, with Bill Park. They always say when Bill Parcells leaves a team, the team is good that next year because, hey, it's new, but it's the next year when they struggle. And, like, even that Orlando series, Michael still put, like, 31 points a game in that series, like 47 since should have looked it up. Pippen shot, like, 40, but it's neither here nor there. But, uh, but, but that team just wasn't that good that year. They weren't winning the championship. That team was not good. I'm sorry. And it's like these narratives people spin. He wanted to want because it is a mental and physical grind to win the championship. He played 100 some odd games a year. During that three years in a row, they was on film. They may not have been like the number one seed, but if dude wasn't gone and he was still there the whole time in full basketball shape, they still would have had a damn good chance. They would have had a good shot because he was that good. He was that special. Magic, Magic was tough. You know, Knicks were tough. They they had some roadblocks. And that's what a lot of other people forget, too. You know, they talk about who Mike played in the finals, even though all of those teams were tough as well. People never acknowledge what they had to go through most of the time to get to the finals, at least from the semifinals on. I'm not even going to oh, start the first round because when they got good, their first round opponent a couple times was my team, the Sixers, and they just hey. run through us. <laughs> Hey, B. Austin. Hey, if I don't think B. Austin saw this, I said, I said, I said this to Dev. There were people on Twitter saying that LeBron James Heat teams weren't stacked. <laughs> so I can't do that. Wow. <laughs> like, people, people, people change the narrative to fit their argument and just blat- or just blatantly lie. I mean, and a great player. You got to be fair. There's a lot of you know. There's a lot of Mike stands out there who. You know, they'll change the, narr- the narrative and act like oh, Michael yeah. Jordan oh, yeah. never made a mistake on the basketball court. Oh, please. I did. I'm a fan. And now you got you know, people who who ride with the modern guy who want to dismiss and diminish everything that Michael Jordan ever did. I'm, act- I'm, I'm, I'm frankly tired of hearing their names tied together because I'm still it's at the fact. point. First of all, I appreciate both of them. I think both, both of them are legendary basketball players. And I hate lists. So for me, the whole list and rankings of the GOAT, that's difficult because it's all subjective anyway. But I'm like, even if we are talking from a universal perspective, like when the hell did LeBron jump to number two? I still don't understand that part. (laughs) So why do we keep arguing LeBron versus Mike? Like when did LeBron even jump to number two? But that's that's a different argument. You know know what I think, though, what happens is? Uh, people make these narratives that they don't watch the games. Like like he talked about that tiny talk magic cook Mike. Mike was pretty much holding magic down. He just got in the final trouble that one game. And game I two. watched that game I... frame by frame. And that whole narrative of game one of the ninety one finals, Magic was destroying Mike and they had to switch off the Pippin man, that is the most False narrative I have ever heard, and I, I was I never believed it because I remembered loosely 
what happened. But when I went back and did the research, and and I'll talk about that in depth one day when we're actually on that situ- on that subject and give everybody the actual statistics of when Mike guarded Magic in that game so they can stop repeating that nonsense. Like, I'll definitely do that, but that is one of the most overblown narratives that I have ever heard in my life. And it got even worse when I actually sat down and did a film study on the game, jotted down every statistic, um, every time Mike guarded him on a possession and what happened. And, you know, wait till, uh, wait till I, I, I put that stuff out there. It is crazy. You know what, it, but, it, guys, real yeah, quick, uh, back yeah. to, to Pippen real quick. Because you were talking about how his legacy is getting out of hand, this is Jimmy and I have come to the agreement that at the same time, Pippen might be the most overrated and most underrated <laughs> superstar of all time. You know, because you have people on the different side of the spectrum. You have it depends on it actually depends on your feelings about Michael Jordan. If you're an all-out Michael Jordan stand then you're going to understate Scotty Pippen's contribution. Yeah, you treat, you treat Scotty like he was Damon Jones. If you yeah. want to crap oh, oh, on Mike, a.k.a. LeBron fans, if you want to diminish Mike's legacy, now you're acting like Pippen was so great yeah. that nothing would have operated without him, which, you know which what I is think awful. It is, though? This, this is what I think. I think Michael Jordan playing that baseball – actually made their relationship better on the court where Pippen realized this is who I am, my role. He saw it for himself. And uh and by the way, anyone knows baseball? Uh he ain't back that Mike ain't playing fifteen years and hit two hundred. You got guys that get thirty million hitting two hundred right, right now. Anyway, right. uh but 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 what happens is what people don't get really uh Tobias or whatever people are willing to follow. Yeah, and I don't know you I I answer your question, but it was Scotty right People keep saying, oh, Mike didn't win a series. Scotty showed up. Scotty averaged 7.9 points a game this rookie year. Mike was a third or fourth year player in the league. Back then, you had, like, even now, you have to build your team from the ground up. It takes time for players to mature. Scotty didn't just show up, they started winning championships. It was Michael matured. It was Pippen and Horace Grant matured. And I hate this scenario they said the Pistons got old. They weren't old because you know, I can say that to a LeBron fan who, who says that and say that what the big three was old and Derrick Rose got hurt. I had to throw my Derrick Rose shot in there, you know, go Bulls. But, yeah. but, right. but, but you know, but, 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 but what happened is they were an older team. But you play and you beat who's in front of you. That's all you can do as a team. Because if they would have lost to that old big three, something what they would have said. Or uh, the Bulls lost to the Pistons again, they would have said Jordan was a chucker. So you have to beat who's in front of you. And I think these narratives, because I'll say this, my last thing. Mike, I think what happens is people talk about LeBron's great. They talk about his numbers. Nothing wrong. He puts a great number. He's a hell of a player. With Jordan, and like Kobe as well, they talk about moments. Who knows how many points Michael Jordan scored the flu game? We just know the game was great. Or his career average, his points per total. We talk about his moments. And I think that's what makes him so loved because we can point to moments. But I think these players are great. And like Jimmy says, and I hope you're doing good out there, Jimmy, it's all about being in a conversation. And I still think John Stockton, Manu Ginobili are ranked too damn high in these lists in the first place. And Steve Nash. <laughs> Take it easy. Maybe bro. Manu. Be also know how to rock John Stockton. Maybe Manu. John Stockton. I, I think he's Even though, you know what? Because I always look like John Stockton. All right, Tobias. He, he bounced. John Stockton, B. Like, he. Like, 
you know what people have a um a habit of doing now, especially uh, again when they're trying to crap on Mike. They look at they'll pick random white guys from his era and say, "Oh, this is who he had to play against," not knowing anything about them. Like I've seen that about Danny Ainge, Stockton, Dan Marley, and you can't tell me that either the three of them weren't tough in their own in their own right. Um, but Stockton, you know, he was always a decent defender, not a great defender, but he was always a decent defender, especially when people just look at you and stereotype you. But I do got to tell you this. I was watching a Tim Hardaway uh, killer crossover video the other day. Man, if he ain't murdered John Stockton with that move on at least 10 of the, the highlights out of the Yo. whole five-minute video. Yo. <laughs> Stockton could do yo, nothing with that. Tim, no. Yo, Timmy, yo, Timmy, used, Timmy used to hit cats with nothing short of a my, my, my. And out of the blue, we could do this later. Tim Hardaway should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> we talk about right. You go, you go back and look. Tim Hardaway, I don't know. He did a little more than people, people, uh, People's thoughts. We did a little graphic um, that we put on our Instagram page and our uh, Facebook page a couple weeks ago about NBA point guards who's had multiple seasons of 20, at least 20 points and at least eight assists. What we were really trying to do is highlight Stephon Marbury because he had six of them. Yo, Tim Hardaway has five of them. <laughs> like, that's like more yeah. than magic. That's more than. Catch like Chris Paul, who only has like two. Um, you know, Tim Hardaway used to get down. I think I don't know why it it's is. A funny, that about him. It's, a, it's a funny conversation to have because if it's the basketball Hall of Fame, then Steph should have to go into the Hall of Fame based on the part of his career that was actually spent away from these shores. He got it going. If it's here, I see your argument even maybe for Tim Hardaway ahead of Steph, ahead of Starberry. I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It's, oh it's no, 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 no. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying ahead. Like I said, the reason we did the graphic was to highlight Starberry because a lot of people forget about him because. Because the narrative that came out about him, you know, he was a problem child and he was a loser and this and that. Uh, Seth Murray was very tough. And then he wouldn't continue his career. I think he's a surefire Hall of Famer, considering that it is the Basketball Hall of Fame. Even if it was just the NBA Hall of Fame, he'd have a shot at it. But we're we're going over into a time where the reporters who are voting on this stuff, they're getting younger. So that you basically you're starting to deal with some guys sprinkled in there from that generation of you have to win a bunch of championships to be considered for anything these days. Um, which it really wasn't about that when, you know, the hall of fame first started, it's about what you did as an individual. This is a team sport. Everybody can't win a championship. Everybody can't win a bunch of championships if they do win a championship. Um, yeah. Mike, Mike ruined that. 
Yeah, and, and that's and the crazy part that that's true. Like we talk about that all the time. That is a product of the Michael Jordan era. There's people, you know, Bill, Bill Russell and people who played on those Celtic teams who have more championships than Mike. But until Michael Jordan did, you know, and the Bulls did what they did, you never heard that. Like coming up in that era, never heard. I, I, I truly never heard people saying that Bill Russell was the greatest of all time because he had eleven chips. They always no. brought it up in the conversation that it was so impressive that he had enough rings for one thing, you know, all his fingers and then one more. But it was clear. Indirectly, indirectly, Michael Jordan is the reason that we have to hear people disrespect Will Chamberlain in conversation with Bill Russell. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm. <laughs> I'm. Neil says she heard she hears bang. I'm pretty sure everybody does hear that. I am a floor below a virtual basketball practice right now. So the banging that you hear is a ball bouncing because in 2020, especially during the pandemics, this is what we're doing now. We're having Zoom basketball practices, and I am on one floor, and the basketball practice is going on on the floor above me. So, you know, blame the pandemic. My bad, y'all. Um, so anyway, let's let's take one more call. Let me let me give the stat of the week real quick. And the stat of the week, you know, if you listen to the program, you know the stat of the week is ninety nine point nine zero one five four percent about sports every single week. This week, you know, it's not a lot of sports going on. I'm giving out a fat boy stat. Uh, war room sports. So I'm not gonna say war room sports. I'm gonna say the war room the show, not really the company because two of the five principal owners of the war room, they stay in great shape. But us guys here that, that you know, that, that's on the microphone every week, this is the fat boy crew here. <laughs> so I'm going to give a fat boy stat for the war room crew. Chick-fil-A, and this is, this is, you know, Jimmy would appreciate this more because B. Austin, even though he's a part of our fat boy crew, he don't get down the same way we do with the junk food. Um, B. Austin get his fat boy jeans from from good food. <laughs> he just eat too much of it. But uh, Chick Fil A and it's, and it's also <laughs> I Chick-fil-A. eat too much salad. <laughs> yeah, right. Chick Fil A, you eat too many croutons in your salad. There's stuff that's not supposed to be. Chick Fil A has recently become the second highest grossing restaurant chain in the United States, surpassing Taco Bell. Despite having 4,300 fewer stores than Taco Bell and being closed on Sundays, it generated $11.3 billion in 2019, second only to, of course, Ronald McDonald and his thugs, um, who generated $40.4 billion. Um, that's impressive, man, For those, especially for those two reasons, the fact that they have 4,300 less stores than than. Taco Bell, and they don't even like they they're arrogant enough to not even open. Like, look, man, we love our God, and we're not opening on Sundays. That that's crazy. What's even yeah, bigger? That's not- in, what's even bigger in this in this fact is that I didn't know Taco Bell was number two because I don't really know anybody who eats who still eats at Taco Bell. There aren't a lot of Taco Bells where I live, and when I do ride past them, I never see them. You know, packed and, and 
and cars wrapped around the corner like you do Chick-fil-A. Um, but Taco Bell still made over $11 billion itself. So Chick-fil-A barely surpassed them in 2019. Um, but still, that's impressive when somebody has 4,300 more stores than you. That is, that, that's crazy talk right there. Any thoughts on that, businessman? <laughs> Hell, man, if you put a good product out there and you speak to your core audience, you will win. You will win. They were a publicly traded uh, company. <laughs> no. I'm like, damn. Can I get some Chick-fil-A uh, stock? Yeah, so um, that's crazy. Like I said, it was crazy enough for us to even switch our, our stat of the week from being a sports stat, since this is primarily a sports show. But I had to bring that up real quick. So shout out to Chick-fil-A. And this is this is if you exclude Starbucks, because actually if you're counting what they consider to be fast food restaurants, they do count Starbucks. And they're 40, they're whatever they made. Uh, I forgot what it was exactly. Um, 21.3 billion. That would actually put them number two to McDonald's. Um, but I'm not counting Starbucks because I can't go to Starbucks and get a um, a number one with fries, with waffle fries and a and a um, frosted lemonade. So I'm not counting them. All right. So let's go to the phone lines again because I know people are listening. Like, what the hell are these guys talking about now? We go to the phone lines. We got five one zero area code calling in. You are in the war room. What's going on? This court. Court, what's up, man? Is it what up, what up, good brother? How y'all doing? Good, man. How are you? <laughs> All right, court, I just got a little pushback on this. The, oh, go the ahead, pot go ahead, B. Court be on the page making people <laughs> mad. He court at least three people a week say, Man, F this page, man. I'm quitting this page <laughs> because of something court posted. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? What you got pushback on? No, I got pushed back on Scotty Pippen. Okay, good, good. I'm not directly talking to you guys, so I know you guys know. I'm just talking in general. I yeah. just wonder, for the people listening, have you guys ever heard of the phrase defense wins championships? Hell yeah. Scotty's defense, Scotty's true value is in his defense. That's the part that people don't even consider. They just rush right into the fact that he wasn't a prolific scorer and he didn't have a great offensive package. They don't, even, they don't even realize that, and, and most of all of the Bulls' defining moments, when it comes to getting a stop or when it comes to shutting somebody down or stopping somebody, Scotty was there. So they're not even considering the fact that this dude was one of the best defenders, period, of all time. So that's why he gets the rank he gets, because people who do this stuff, they, oh, he, they, he they, was, they weighing in. Are he you was gonna, absolutely that. He was absolutely that. I, right. think, I think the Bulls so, – Truthfully, I think they had the two best perimeter defenders in the league at a certain period at the same time. And then when you talk about the teams from 96 and on, you throw in Rodman, who was probably the best defender at his position. Our defense definitely won championships for those dudes. Because if you actually look at the look at some of the numbers in, in, in those seasons, like there wasn't a lot of scoring. Like they were winning a lot of games in the 80s and the 70s. They were just locking it down. Like, if they scored 83, you scored 79, it's hard to beat somebody in any era when you're only scoring 79 points. I was on the, so, yeah, Scotty's definitely a, a monster. 
on the defensive end. And something like this, the, the game against New York, when I believe it was um, – I'm not sure if it was the second round or the third round. Remember when they kept stripping and blocking Charles Smith? Yeah, yeah. Let's just say if Pippen out there to do that and the Bulls don't go on to win that series or something, is there stuff like that people don't consider? Mike gets the glory because Mike closes out and Mike is the closer, but without Scotty's effort a lot of times, it gets unnoticed because in basketball it's all about the score. It's all about the splash. But they're not understanding the groundwork that he was doing. I, I recall a lot of game winning blocks, a lot of game winning steals. And the a, thing a, is, a lot though, of the times he got on. And the thing is, Michael there. Jordan. He credits him for that, though. Michael will go out and give Scotty his props. And, like, it's just that the way fans argue sports now, like, they use certain things against you that's silly to use against you. Mike, even in this documentary, went out there and say, like, I don't win without Scotty Pippen. And people are like, oh, oh see, Mike, Mike. I'm like, like that's a, that's a, a, a captain giving his man his props. But we look at it these days, like because everybody argues these sports, like like they're tennis or something, like they're individual sports. Nobody's out there winning anything alone. Even when they bring up, they try to say, "Oh, well, Dirk didn't have any help." Dirk had plenty of help. You don't have to be, you don't have to have an All Star season to be considered help. You don't have to be All NBA to be considered help. So it's just you know the way that sports is argued these days, courts, court. That's why. That's why people say the kind of stuff that they say. Like it's a knock to have good teammates now. <laughs> I don't get right. that. Like I, I didn't like hear that. Said, Magic. It, Magic was the man, but it, Magic it, had bomb squads. It's like what B said. Everybody, it depends on what what side of the argument you're on. Like you're gonna try to support your guy or your narrative, so you're gonna overlook things or you're gonna gloss over things that's for the other guy. And that goes on on both sides. Like with me, I yes. know better a lot of times. Just like you say, I just have fun with the troll on the page. But if you sit me down in the room, I know, I know, I know the real when it comes down to it. But I'm just, I just been tripping on how people just been been, been on Scotty acting like he wasn't really that dude because he wasn't an offensive player. Like basketball is two ends of the court. It's the offensive end, it's the defensive end. Now, when you talk yes. about a defender at small forward, you're not gonna count more than three times on your finger before you get to Scotty Pippen in the history of basketball. I don't know if you're going to count past one, really. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to think right now, like, off the top of my head, if somebody was to ask me, Scotty's just the first to come come to my mind. Like, somebody might right. remind me that it's somebody else, but Scotty's on, on, on the ball, and so you're, you're going to get arguments from the Bron sexuals because of the splash plays that LeBron makes. Um, but as far as on the ball, I would say a lot um, of his splash plays aren't on the ball. But there was right, a right, point in LeBron's career be where because that's and we've always said that on here. Defense is basically just about effort. If the, all of these guys mm-hmm. are so athletic, they all can play defense. But once you make your mind James Harden, play, and there was there was a there was a, <laughs> a couple of seasons, at least in big situations like playoff games where LeBron James decided to show y'all, oh, if I want to do this, I can do this. And I think back to times where they threw him on Derrick Rose in big situations, and Derrick Rose really couldn't get anything off on him. That was impressive. I ain't going to hold you. I ain't going to lie. That was Scotty Scotty all the time. You know what I'm saying? That was him all All the time. Yeah. They they put Scotty because of – 
because of his talent and and it is effort but with with that type of defender dev i think is more than just effort it is talent it is athletic ability to be six seven and to be able to stand in front of guys like you know point guards like john stockton or gary payton or put him on your 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 two guards or put him on guards and he'd really lock in and shut down it is a it is amazing and so to your point, Court, I do think people underrate Scotty's value defensively. Um, I, I do think his value is, is, is underrated. But I also go back to the fact that at the end of games, they don't count steals. They don't count, don't count rebounds. They don't count assists. They count points. Agreed. They count points. So, you know, when it Agreed. comes down to it, scoring will almost always the the day because, you know, to have a guy that's not only elite um, offensively, but elite defensively, then you have Michael Jordan, who was almost as good defensively as he was offensively. So I think that's why he, he kind of gets the nod. You know, Scotty could do so many different things well defensively, but Mike, Mike was, was interesting on both ends of the floor. I mean, but B, what what nod are you talking about? I don't think anybody's arguing that Scotty's better than Mike. So everybody know who the guy was. I think Court is just arguing, like, for the for the part, you know, because like Jimmy and I said, like Scotty, depending on what you're arguing for, could be overrated and he could be severely underrated. But I think Court, your point is just basically telling us like. He is where he is in the history of the game because he brought a lot more to the floor than a lot of other dudes. There's, ever there's, there's a lot there's, of dudes out there. Yeah, exactly. Like you're never going to accuse Dominique Wilkins of being a great. <laughs> you're never going to accuse. Yeah, ain't gonna happen. You know, so you're never going to accuse Carmelo. James Harden of doing that. But they could fill it up with the with the best of them. And I think that's the part of the game that people forget sometimes, though, when they talk about these players. We, we're talking about who's great, and, and and all people are thinking about is the offensive end. That's why right, some people, right, right, you know, that's why right. some people will get the nod over other people because you're bringing more to the game. Like as much as James Harden is scoring right now, like, and and you know, I me, mean, I, I like to see everybody get down for for what they do. But if it goes, you know, if his career ends and they start putting James Harden in the top five, top ten basketball players of all time. I might yeah, we want to shoot that down. Because you know people are only looking at one side of the, of the court. Yeah, we're we, we, we going to shoot that down. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't football. You're tasked to play both sides of the court in this game. <laughs> I got I got one more pushback, fellas, before we get off. Uh, I got yeah. some pushback on Michael Jordan. Uh, that quote he made, as far as being a leader, he's saying that um, – the people who might think he's a tyrant, that's because he never won anything. Now, now just answer this for me. Tim Duncan was one Ray Allen missed shot away from going 6-0, just like Jordan did. And I don't believe he starved his teammates. <laughs> and that's, that's true, but it, it's kind of nitpicky to just pick one person. Like the Spurs organization is different. You know what I'm saying? And, and I don't think Michael Jordan or anybody who's defending his style of leadership is saying that's how you have to be. 
I think people are just saying, I understand it. I mean, you heard me say it earlier. Like, I understand it as well. But if I'm Scott Burrell, if I'm Steve Kerr, if I'm like Mike, glad to give me a fair one. Like, that it is what it is. <laughs> so it's like Shannon Sharp was talking. Somebody showed me a clip of what Shannon was saying. Like, I'm I'm still a man. You gotta respect me. So while I can say I understand it, and it's good to know that you're going into battle with with other dogs, we we gonna adjust the way that you're talking to me. So. <laughs> That's just me. Some guys are like, they're cool with that and they can take it. It's not that I can't take it, but we can do this in a more respectful way. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's I'm, I'm not. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not totally offended. <laughs> I'm just saying, I understand. Um, You throw a guy, you know, a bunch of guys in there. It, it depends on people's mind state. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you throw guys in there who are talented, but they might be a little weak-minded, Sometimes you got to be a little more harsh on them. But when you look at some of the stuff that they're showing, some of the footage with him and um, Scott Burrell, it's like, okay, you can push the dude. There's ways to push the dude, but you ain't got to just be calling him a hoe all the time and a B and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But that's Scott Burrell. That's that's Burrell's fault for for taking that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) All right, but no, no doubt, no doubt. Court, you know we appreciate your call, man. Um, leave them people alone on that page, man. <laughs> leave them people alone, man. But no, man, thanks for your call, and we definitely holler at you next time, man. Boy. All right, baby boy. All right, man. Later. Court, better y'all. Troll. King Troll. And we love it's it. cool. Like for me, it's like when once the people understand how the pages run, then I'm good with it. I just hate when people like they blame us for what other individuals do. Like we're making this a thing. You know, if you post a post something on the page, we're gonna repost it for you so everybody gets to see it. Because a lot of times when you post, it's in there and a few people will see it, but it's not gonna, you know, a lot of people aren't gonna see it, or at least not as many people are gonna see it than it would if we reposted it for you. But I think some people haven't been around long enough and they don't understand how that works. So they think every post on the page, even though the caption has who it's from, I think you know people don't like to read anyway. So they look right past that. And they're like, oh, man, y'all starting this thing. I'm like, not us. But I'm, shout out to him, though, because he, he's making conversations. A lot of people that's complaining they don't ever post anything. So if you got something better to post, then post it. That's my, you know, that's how I think about it. All right, so let's let's talk real quick about what happened this week, why y'all were on the grind, because, you know, we got a main topic that we want to get to, and we're not trying to go uh, too far over the halfway mark in this hour. Um, but while y'all were on the grind, of course, is brought to you by Sports to Book. If you guys are tired of reading the same old sports books and and, and social media with, with lists and rankings and imaginary start, starting lineups and, you know, all of these GOAT conversations and all this subjective information that people are passing off as facts, we want to make sure you guys read sports. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture keep you on the edge of your seat, keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special and it's written by War Room Sports' own Jimmy the Blueprint Williams. So uh, 
Go to sportsthebook.com to get your copy, or you can get it at our website at warroomsports.com. Wherever you get it, just make sure you get it and you read it. All right, one thing that we didn't get to last week um, that I definitely wanted to get to because as somebody pointed out to you earlier in the week, B, like not a lot of people are talking about this story. I mean, I don't think it's a whole lot to unpack from our perspective, but Brett Favre, his name, he's been caught up in a little bit of a scandal. Um, the word fraud has been brought up. Uh, in the state of Mississippi, uh, uh, apparently he was paid $1.1 million for two speeches that he never made. And this this money came from like the Mississippi Welfare Department or something like that. I have no clue what these speeches were, su- were supposed to be about um, with the money coming from where it came from, but a state audit of funds intended to help at need Mississippi residents alleges that, you know, more than $94 million in federal money was improperly spent in this whole scheme. 1.1 of it going to Brett Favre's company, Favre Enterprises. Um, They allegedly paid him $500,000 in 2017 and $600,000 in 2018 for appearances which were to include promotions, autographs, and speaking engagements. Apparently, he never made these engagements. Now, if we would have just spoke about it last week, it would have ended there because we hadn't heard from Favre yet. Favre has spoken in the week since, and he's denying the allegations, of course, in a series of tweets saying that he never received monies for obligations that he didn't meet. Um, In his tweet, he basically said, my agent... My agent is often approached by different products and brands for me to appear in one way or another. This request was no different, and I did numerous ads for Family First. So he thinks that he, even though last week the story was saying that he was going to pay the money back, now he's saying he did the ads and what he was supposed to do to fulfill his his obligation to earn this $1.1 million. Like, Did you read up on this story? What are your thoughts on this? Um, I, I didn't, I didn't. Every time I, I, I read the highlights, I, I skimmed the article and every time I got into it, I, I just thought about our brother Jimmy and how he is at some point uh, throughout the course of this year, he's going to let Favre have it on this show. He's going to let Favre have it in a general thought. He's going to let Favre have it on YouTube. You're like whatever they say Yo, he did, yeah, he did that ish. He did it. He did that shit. He did it. He did it. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I believe. You know, it's funny. I don't believe Brett Favre is very bright. Like I, re- I, I really, I really don't think he's he's bright. I don't think that he would intentionally do this. Um, but ignorance does not, um remove culpability as the law states. So if you have people in your employ, particularly your agent, your attorney, your, your uh, accountant, your, your representative, business manager, whomever, and they're accepting funds on your behalf and you're not fulfilling contracts, you know, cause you could say, Hey, uh, I did the advertisement per, you know, what was requested of me, how do you know that was what was requested of you? Did your attorney review it and explain to you explicitly right. what, what, what it was that you were supposed to do? 
your your agent, you still sometimes. Sometimes those people are looked at as bothersome. Like he keeps calling your phone, like, Yo, uh, I need you to do these spots. Yeah. Right? And tell him everything. And I'm not saying this to, to, to get far off the hook. This is his quote. He said, I did ads that ran for three years, was paid for it, no different than any other time that I've done endorsements for other people, and I went about my way. Um, for the auditor to say I took $1.1 million and didn't show up for speaking engagements is absolutely 100% not true. Um, sec- first of all, like this shows like, because this was for something called Families First, right? And the monies were paid from the Mississippi Department of Welfare. So first of all, like for all you people out here who, you know, has, have athletes as your heroes, okay, that's great when you're talking about what they do on the court, what they do on the field and all that kind of stuff. Y'all have to know that money plays a big part in in what you perceive as them being great people. Because to get a $1.1 million to talk about something called Families First for some welfare department stuff, like that's, that's scumball, that's scumbag in itself. But it's no different than anybody else in sports. If you see like some public service announcement or, or one of your favorite favorite athletes on TV talking about some great cause and, and you think they're not getting paid for it and they're just doing it from the kindness of your own heart, you're one of the most naive people on, on planet Earth today. Um, <laughs> the industry, period, like, it's, it's scumbaggery. I mean, I, I can't speak because I've never been offered the kind of money that these guys offer, but if it's something that I do really believe in, like, I, can you really charge? Can can you charge somebody B right now to to go on TV and and say some stuff about you know violence against black people in the street? You know we got the whole Ahmaud Arbery no. thing, Breonna Taylor thing going on this week. Like if somebody was doing some public service announcement for that, like could you in good conscience charge somebody to speak about something that you feel and and, and no. You can't knock people do because revolutionaries gotta eat too, and it's it, nobody's ever said that revolutionaries had to be poor. So I mean, it kind of is what it is. But for me, it would be kind of difficult to act like I'm so adamant and involved in something, and I'm really doing it for a check. <laughs> Skullduggery. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh, yeah. So. 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 From that perspective. But I. I. I really get the impression that Brett Favre is the type of guy that he's a brand. He's a brand. He has a, a full business staff. And he does. He does and goes wherever his agent and his business manager tell him. And and contracts be damned and agreements be damned. If they tell me it's good, it's good. I'm doing it. If they tell me it's not, I'm not. And so when he says, I did what I thought I was obligated to do, I totally believe that. I totally believe. I believe also that there is wrong and foul here, and I believe that he may be held liable and responsible, but that's kind of as it should be because if you're a brand or you're a business, Think about it in a conventional sense of any other brand 
or business, if that brand or business is negligent or something wrong happens, if you're a trucking company and a car and a truck flips over and kills a, a, a driver, you know, there is a potential you could go to jail for that. Even though you yeah. weren't driving the truck, it's the same, and, it's the and, same and principle. It's, so. definitely, it's definitely something to your point, B, because this is something else that people may not realize as much as they should. Like these guys are brands, but there's not a lot of these guys who know who have a clue what's going on inside of their brands. <laughs> a lot of these dudes have no clue, you know, what's going on. They don't know how much money they make. They don't know how much money they're, they're worth. They don't know, you know, who's paying them this, who's asking them to do this. Like you said, a lot of them are entrusting other people to run things. And they tell you, look, you got to be here Friday at two o'clock. You go there Friday at two o'clock and do what you got to do. And then you, like he said, you go about your way. So for me, it's not even a thing about believing him or not believing him. The the biggest part in this whole story was how it seemed to have, you know, even though there the, the media has reported on it, I'm not going to go out and be all cliche like, oh, the media is not saying anything about this. There's been tons of stories written about it, um, but it just seems like nobody's paying it any mind. And you know, not to get into those cards and play those cards. If these were, if this was another athlete, you know, one that looked a little more similar to us, and was as big as Brett Favre, and they had something with fraud following their name, I just think the story would be a little bit more juicy for people. You know the I mean? same, the same, the same people that are standing on the courthouse steps with rifles and assault rifles and military weapons and rocket launchers going in the subway, they would be calling for that athlete's demise. Um, they would be asking that he receive 20 years to life. They would be, you know, but Brett Favre wears a trucker's cap and has a flag and his pickup truck definitely drives a pickup truck. And I'm not even going to get into what type of flag it is because it could be both of those types of flags that you find down in Mississippi with a trucker's hat and a pickup truck, but he's one of them. And so they're not going to, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal to them. Yeah. Now, you know, something that now this is kind of on the reverse side of the spectrum, the players coalition. Um, and you know, the players coalition in the NFL, who's basically headed by uh, Malcolm Jenkins and Quan Bolden and a few other cats. They wrote a letter to the Attorney General William Barr and FBI Director Christopher Wray calling for an immediate federal investigation into the controversial death of Ahmaud Arbery. Now, if you guys don't know, you haven't heard about Ahmaud Arbery, he's the the young black guy who was basically followed. He was jogging through uh, a neighborhood that where the people didn't necessarily look like himself. Um, a father-son combination, uh, the McMichael family jumped into their truck, chased this man down the block, got out of the truck and confronted him about why he was in their neighborhood. Um, he tried to fight them off, and one of them ended up shooting him and killing him. Now, you know, you have a lot of people out here, when these type of situations happen, they want to, you know, they want to put you on trial, make you the victim, you know, even though you were shot. And killed. They want to make you the victim. Um, there was a false report that was put out there saying 
there was a string of burglaries in the area, and this guy fit the description. When you dig a little deeper and you look at public records, there was no complaints about burglaries in that area. That was just a situation of people trying to let this guy know that he should not be in this area. There was also a report that he was he had gone into a home um, that was under construction. Uh, and, and, and that was what they tried to lean on. The owner of that home had no issue with that. Um, and if that's a crime, you know, if that's a trespassing crime that's punishable by death, then I should have been dead a long time ago because in my neighborhood when it was being built, there's not a house in a two-block vicinity that was built during the time mine was being built or after mine was built that I haven't been in. Every neighbor I meet and they try to tell me something about their home, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I did a little walkthrough before you, you know, before it was finished, before you moved in. That's no big deal. You know what I'm saying? That's that, that's not something where you're going to call somebody saying somebody burglarized something because the owner of that, that home under construction confirmed that there was never anything stolen out of it. So if he went there once or twice just to look around, Maybe dude just wanted to see how the other side was living. Anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest because it's not even about that. They sent this letter, you know, the Players Coalition is just trying to get involved. It's really interesting. And they got a lot of players to sign it, including Tom Brady. I just wanted to tell you how it's been reported all week because if you look at a lot of headlines, a lot of the headlines and the one I'm reading right now says, Tom Brady heads athlete's letter calling for Ahmad Arbery justice. Wow. Lee, you know damn well Tom Brady didn't head any of this. Tom Brady was asked to sign a petition by the Players Coalition, just like every other player was, and they probably were surprised to high heaven that he actually did it. Now, Anquan Bolden definitely praises him, and he's saying signatures like Tom Brady are needed in situations like this because of one, you know, he's a very influential white man and you need those kind of people in situations like this. But why must newspapers, um, you know, other media outlets, like why must they do stuff like that and try to make him the hero of this situation when they know damn well they can go down like that? Can you explain that? Why ask why? You know why. <laughs> Shout out to Phil Maddox. You know- when you know why um one of the things that disturbed me and i I have a a a business colleague and partner that i work with very closely and he's a 69 year old caucasian male good dude but obviously has a different perspective and a different existence than mine and so he likes to tell me how far we've come and how advanced we've been and then i took and i showed him a picture that was posted on social media uh, social media platform, but it's one that you can catch us on, had the, um, where there were GoFundMe accounts, plural, set up to raise money for these good, clean, amazing Christian men who murdered this uh, African-American brother. Right. Right. And, and I Huge Facebook group, like, talking about uh, justice for, you know, McMichaels, because they were, like you said, good Christian men who were just 
protecting their neighborhood from oh, God. We have come. We have gotten nowhere in this country. <laughs> yeah, no, nowhere. None, not at all. Not at nowhere. all. All right. Just wanted to. We just had to touch on that for a minute, but it's interesting to see. Like I said, as important as Anquan Bolden has, you know, admitted it was to get a signature like Tom Brady, it's it's crazy to see media outlets actually giving him the credit for starting this whole thing. Even though after it came out, you had Malcolm Jenkins making statements and you know every everywhere he could possibly make a statement to whoever would listen, but we're still giving Tom Brady the credit for doing things. I mean, this is kind of how the world works. You know, if you're popular, you know, let y'all tell it. Allen Iverson invented the crossover (laughs) when he merely learned it on the streets of D.C. once he got to Georgetown and made it popular. So the biggest name is always going to get the credit for things. The good thing about it is the cats from the Players Coalition aren't out looking for credit. So... You know what they're doing is 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 pretty much genuine. All right, um, this is this isn't this is probably a blip in 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 sports news. But if you're a big basketball fan, if you're a, a hooper, like this is kind of a big deal. Um, Spalding, uh, Spalding and NBA's contract will run out. Uh, at the end of the 2020-2021 season. And they are not, excuse me, renewing the contract. So Wilson will be replacing Spalding as the official game ball partner of the NBA. Now, this isn't something that's totally new. Um, Spalding has had that contract since 1983. So if you were a hooper and a big hoop fan prior to 1983, then you know the 37 years prior to this 37 years, Wilson was the the official game ball partner of the NBA, you know, before Spalding. But, you know what I'm saying, my basketball memory probably starts at around 1982. And I don't think, you know, when I was that young, I don't think I was caring about what the name on the ball was, but as you grow up and and you start to love the game, Spalding is pretty much all I know as far as the NBA goes. So it was kind of surprising to me to see that they're going to change back to Wilson. Um, I think they're going to start in the 2021-2022 season. Like I said, that's not a big deal by any stretch because they're going to make the ball the same way. They're using the same leather company that provided them the leather for the Spalding balls. They're going to make the same eight panel ball. And then after that, they're going to go to some players to get input on any changes they might make to the ball. But that's a big deal for me, B, that we're not going to see Spalding anymore on, on the basketball court, at least the NBA basketball court. Yeah. So, you know, that also goes for the G League, the WNBA, and um, Basketball Africa League as well. Mm, yeah, I don't care. I'm gonna be like I can shoot anyone. It don't matter. It don't matter. I knock down. I knock them down with both both balls, and that's what I told her. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So we we can go past that. I just want to, I don't know. I think I'm in a nostalgic mood. And shout out to Skyview in the chat room. Um, he said, Tim Hardaway's gay bashing is Pete Rose's gambling. I guess he's answering the question of why <laughs> Tim is in the Hall of Fame. The thing is, we need no. to have this conversation. Yo, because I don't Pete Rose, everybody yo, Tim, Tim was no Pete like, Rose. I need you to go check that, uh, that line. And I'm not a baseball guy. But I get what he's saying. The, the gay bashing, even though the gay bashing probably, I'm pretty sure that came, I don't know, what year was that? Was he eligible already and hadn't got in? Because Yeah, he was eligible. No, because, because, because if he became eligible during that period or after that period, the Skyview definitely has, um, and, and, and Tim Hardaway might not have, you know, I don't really believe in the whole ballot thing, but as history goes, even if he was to get into the Hall of Fame, he probably wouldn't be one of those first ballot Hall of He probably would have to wait a few ballots. So throwing that in the mix, I'm pretty sure that really does have an effect on why he hasn't, you know, gotten any strong consideration as of yet. His name has been in the mix. Um, I'm not sure. I think he's been a finalist. But in my opinion, Tim Hardaway should be in the Hall of Fame. Seconds and then said, I'm gonna just leave that alone. So you dug that hole, and that's not the only one. We got another clip that we're not gonna play that's another 52 seconds. So you can't say all of this over the span of damn near a minute and a half and then end it by saying, I'm gonna just leave that alone. It really doesn't work that way, Tim. And I'm with Skyview, man. It has to have some bearing on why I'm not going, you know, I understand where he's going by bringing up Pete Rose. He, and I understand you, B. He's not Pete Rose. It's probably not the same thing. But like Pete Rose and the gambling, this whole Tim Hardaway thing, it, it, it has a bearing. I think if they feel he's deserving, and that is really a reason why he's not in yet, he'll get in eventually. With Pete Rose, it's going to take a whole lot of people to die for him to get in. You got to get all of the baseball purists to basically be gone. <laughs> Before the new crop comes in and, and basically says, yo, I don't give a damn about that. Look at Pete Rose's numbers. He should be in the Hall of Fame. We're going to put him in the Hall of Fame. I guarantee you Pete Rose will get in one day, but it might end up being posthumously, which will be a shame. I think Tim Hardaway will one day in uh, and, and a Basketball Hall of Fame speech. But that's just me. Um, but we'll talk about it another time because I get I kind of get from you, B, that you probably don't even think he should be there in the first place. We'll, we'll have a uh, we'll have a segment. We'll wait to uh, we'll yeah, we'll have a segment, and we'll and we'll put it on the on the social media. Yo, page. Tim Hardaway or Rod Strickland? Quick, quick, quick! Which one you got? Huh, Tim Hardaway. I, and I love Rod Strickland. Okay. I'm a big Rod Strickland fan. Rod is one of those dudes like on the list that we made last week. Like he mm-hmm. would go somewhere on my you know 
my my thirty thirty deep list of my ten favorite players. Rod is on there somewhere. Um, and speaking of lists, we're gonna make one more. First, we we definitely wanna give a shout out to Tristan Thompson, who allegedly this is Chatty Patty allegedly has a third baby by another woman amid rumors that Khloe Kardashian is again pregnant by him. Um, he claims he's taking a paternity test and chick is lying and trying to get her 15 minutes of fame, yada, yada, yada. But I don't really like you, Tristan. So, you know, I believe it. Whatever they say you did, you did it. Um, <laughs> this date in sports history, and that's brought to you by the Bowie Falcons Youth Basketball Program. Make sure you go to our website or our Facebook page. Give to Youth Basketball. They're going to need it when things open back up and they get back going in these leagues. So make sure you do that. Ball is life. Um, on May 14th, 1972, Willie Mays, in his first game as a New York Met, hit a home run that beat his old team and the team he's most famous for playing for, the San Francisco Giants, 5-4. to four. And that's this date. In sports history. But like I said, speaking of lists, we're going to do another quick list before we get out of here. And we're going to quickly talk about the most influential hoopers of all time. You know, last week we did our 10 favorite players of all time. And that was definitely a personal look. Um, This one might not be as personal, but it's still opinion based. And we're going to give you guys our 10 most influential basketball players of all time. But before we do that, we got to let you know that this segment is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. If you or your business need a custom website, you can get dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions at Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And yes, financing options are available. So just visit digitalextremetech.com or call 267 207- Two zero five four two zero three, and for those discounted rates that I spoke about, make sure you tell them that the guys over at War Room Sports sent you, and they'll definitely take care of you. They'll definitely look out for you. All right. Curtis Blow overrated and underrated at the same time as well. <laughs> underrated as a influencer. Underrated as an influencer, overrated as a lyricist. All right, so look, in no particular order, we're going to list and quickly discuss our 10 most influential hoopers of all time. B, you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I got you. you I I know last week you did like 65. Yeah, MJ, uh, for obvious reasons, I mean... I, I believe at this point he he is he's probably the, the logo. Um, B, B, you know, listen. This is all you got to say. All you got to say is MJ. They lined up for his shoes outside of a mall last week during a pandemic. Game over. Game over. <laughs> Done. Uh, Alan, Alan, Alan Iverson. Um, although they have perverted the. Uh, the masculinity of the black male in sports and entertainment. He is the reason a lot of these dudes are running around with face tats, neck tats, sleeves on their arm, uh, and being themselves. Although he was not with the bat, the, uh, the tight clothing and women's clothing. Um, but AI, uh, Kobe, 
uh, the second coming. The younger generation got a chance to see Mike's uh, son. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, um, arguable, arguable, but for me, I feel that his game uh, is the quintessential big man. Um, you know, either you're either you're a Shaq type player or you're an Olajuwon type player. Um, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, um, for you know coming out as a as a player that's not necessarily out of the closet but doesn't mind sharing that value system uh, with the world in terms of putting his kids out. Um, Shaq, um, yo, Shaq is the clown prince of the National Basketball Association, but quietly is a top five big man of all time and quietly is one of the most entrepreneurial athletes ever. You know, he, he he goes without saying. Keep moving. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the, one of the most unstoppable moves and arguably, you know, one of the best centers of all time. I would say the best, you know, that argument. You got Wilt. You got, you know, uh, Shaq in that conversation. You have foe, 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 Moses Malone. But Shaq is up there. Um, and, and certainly in, in modern times, He's probably the most dominant force that anybody's seen in the last 20 to, to 25 years. Um, Vince Carter. Yo, that's me. True. Um, Vince, you know, Vince has overstayed his welcome. He stayed so long to the point I've gone from despising uh, his cowardice uh, and not wanting to be. Like, you've been really, like, positive on Vince lately, you know? Yeah, I, I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to see Vince fail. And now that he's actually failed, I feel sorry about it. He hasn't actually failed. He, just, he, just, he, stayed, he, stayed, he stayed so long that we have to argue with people that Vince was once great. And when you look at the numbers, that's ridiculous. Vince Carter is, a, is listen, man, as I always used to say, I only hate Vince when he's on the ground. When he's in the air, I don't hate I don't hate him. Okay. Um, I could watch a video of Vince Duncan like all day. Like, yo, what was wrong with that so, dude? That was the yo, greatest. That that how like, you can I, say he failed so much that when he actually failed, <laughs> he doesn't feel sorry for him. Like, he a hall of You can you can you can say that Mike that Mike is the greatest dunker of all time. And Lord knows, I'm I'm a Mike Stanley. Mike can't dunk nothing, Carter man. I can't dunk better than Vince. Vince Carter, the greatest dunker I've ever seen. Um, Magic Magic's Magic's Johnson, uh, not necessarily Magic Johnson, but Magic's Johnson, uh, because he was able to do things in the forum club that shall go unnamed and unmentioned. And uh, you know, we'll just move on from that. Look at this. Look at what how he had to pay for that with uh, with a. a a daughter and a son in the same body. Um, Charles Barkley, man. Yo, Charles. you sound like you at like 15, cuz. <laughs> no, no, that, this Chuck right. is number 10. Okay, Chuck right. is making sure. Yeah, Chuck is Chuck is number 10. And, yo, Chuck was 6'4", but played like well, he was 7'4". He's actually 11, because you know Magic. That's 10, man. That's 10. Honorable mention, Jerry Honorable mention is Jerry West and Steph Curry, and I'm done. All right, all right. 
No, we, we have a quick discussion. A lot of ours uh, overlap. You know, I have Michael Jordan, no particular order, but Mike is one. Michael Jordan, uh, you got LeBron James, uh, you got Allen Iverson, uh, like you were saying. For me, Allen Iverson, like, he's influential in negative ways and positive ways. Like, he was the reason they changed the, the, the dress code because they felt that the look that he was bringing to the league was a negative thing. I mean, not negative for me, but negative for the powers that be, the power structure in the NBA. Um, Like I kind of mentioned earlier when we were talking about something else, like Allen Iverson is that guy. He may not have made up all of the stuff that we know and love him for, but when somebody that's that popular and that iconic does it, like they get all the credit for it. Like he didn't make up that crossover, but as far as everybody's concerned, that's Allen Iverson's crossover. No, no, in the league. But he's the reason everybody else got cornrows and tattoos in the league. Um I can I can capture I can capture Allen I can capture Allen Robinson. Like I know that you wouldn't want to live where you live as a young man, but you still love North Philadelphia. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, and that's, that's why we love that AI. For for good, for bad, for worse. Because yeah. I'm, I'm think I'm giving like the most influential in my opinion, but all of these guys weren't an influence on me. And you know, even though yeah. we're similar in age, like Allen Iverson definitely was um, a bit of an influence on me. Michael Jordan was definitely yeah. an influence um, on me. But let me finish the list: um, Jordan, LeBron, Iverson, Kobe Bryant. I think as popular as Kobe is here. I think because he was kind of the carbon copy of his pop, um, I look to Kobe's influence worldwide. Like you look over yeah. at China, like Kobe's a god, and he never even played over there. Like 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 Marbury, they might put a statue yeah. of Kobe. He never you know set foot over there to actually play ball. Um, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, we all know you know they're given credit for basically saving the NBA in the 1980s. Um, I gotta give a shout out to Yao Ming. I don't know if he top ten or he goes after some of my. No, 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 no. I like that. Yao Ming. I like Yao that. Ming had a billion people like tuning in and voting on All Star games. I mean, that's evident in the fact that he was a starter all the time because they was voting for his ass. But the reason that a lot of cats like Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, um. Allen Iverson, LeBron James, the reason that a lot of these guys are popular the way they are in China is because Yao Ming brought those eyes to American, you know, to the NBA. Um, Dr. J, before everybody wanted to be like Mike, everybody wanted to be like Doc. Will Chamberlain, they changed the rules of the game, you know, for this dude because he was just doing too much. And, um, Sonny Hill was getting too hyped, so they wanted to shut him up. Um, and, and number 10. can do that. Number 10, like, at, at some point, like, Steph, the reason we even talked about this tonight, for everybody out there listening, is because somebody came up with a, a list of four and said the four most influential players of the last 30 years was Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Steph Curry. And we weren't sure if we believed that. If you were just going to go four, I think you might have to put Allen Iverson over Steph Curry. 
Yeah, I'm not knocking success is on this list when you expand the list because there are a whole lot of regular sized people out there in the world right now that think they have a shot at being decent because of what Steph Curry is out there. Because of Steph, Steph Curry has helped push the game. He's another one. He didn't start this. The game was already being pushed to the perimeter. But what Steph came into the league and, and did – and the fact that people can see themselves in somebody like Steph, you know what I'm saying? Yo. He's made Steph, Steph, kind of negatively, B. Steph is the reason you walk into any gym right now and, you know, nine-year-olds are launching three-pointers and nobody can shoot because everybody thinks that you just start he's shooting every, from back there he's and everything. Every, he's every man, yo. He goes into what Steph Curry is able to he's, do now. He's, he's just he's, he's, He's he's every he's every man and the influences that we find on this list, the ones that really count are the ones that create an emotional connection in people. Mike had it. AI represented the underdog in the most purest form. Like every every single hood in every corner of the world, because it wasn't just America. They loved AI. Everywhere he went, he represented the poor people that hooped. He represents so an emotional. Steph and AI, um, B. Even though uh, AI was Steph, even smaller Steph. than Steph, because you you call yeah. Steph every man, and that's why that's, yeah. people see him like that, especially when he's up against you know people in the NBA. Because truthfully, Steph is six three. Every man ain't six three, but there's every way more men Right, right. But there's way more people that are six three than than six ten, six eleven. So you look at Steph when he's up against those dudes and you think he's a little guy. Allen Iverson was literally a little guy. Allen Iverson was a couple inches taller than me. But people still don't look at him the way they look at Steph. But you look at Allen Iverson and you still like, I can't do that shit. <laughs> like, no. I can probably do it. I can't My hat, but Allen no. Iverson, the way Allen, people like, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> so he didn't get the everyman look. But he was definitely, you know, a little man in, in the big scheme of things. And crazy part is we did end up going the, the, the whole two this evening <laughs> for the last two weeks. And we said we don't, both of us be having a rap. So it happens that way sometimes. Um, and I also had to throw some honorable mentions as well. Any of these dudes could be in the top 10. And they probably are because there's no particular order to what I'm doing. You definitely got to say Shaq. I myself been watching Shaq. Reality show about his life and his businesses and all that stuff. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I think he's more influential for people like us because of right. what he spoke about and you know what you know how he spoke out. I don't think the others look at him that way. As a matter of fact, when it comes to basketball lore, it kind of seems like even though he's the all-time leading scorer, it seems like he's starting to be forgotten a little bit. When yeah. people start having yeah. these people, people can't. He's unrelate. He's unrelatable. People don't have that right. emotional connection to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's why I think he's more of a personal influence to guys like us than a top ten influencer of all time in the league. Um, and then you got to have the original influencer, man. You got to name the big white guy, uh, George Mikan, because they, you know, they changed some <laughs> things up for him too. Um. That's all, oh, Jerry West? That's all I know about him. The logo? <laughs> all right, so 
real quick, because we only got a couple seconds left, out of the people that we both named, um, just as a side note, who are some of these guys? Because we named influencers for basically everybody, but who are some of these guys that had a point, a part in influencing you, whether it be in basketball, your game, life, business, the way you dressed, the way you thought? Um, who was in definitely, definitely MJ, AI, um, in terms of, of like style and, and, and dress, it would have to be those two. Cause I wear, I wear Jordan brand from time to time. I'm ashamed to say that, but I do. And AI, I mean, coming from where I come from and my background, there is no one in our age group that, that didn't copy some of his style consciously or unconsciously. Um, but other, other than that, um, in business, um, I don't know, man. I, I looked at a lot of things Kobe was doing. Um, as very interesting as far as the way I think. Um, the influencers on the court are probably people that I didn't mention because they're personal to me. You know, your Chaunceys, your Mahmoods, your, 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 your J crossovers, your ISO Joes. Those are more of my... My per, uh, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck's attitude. Um, I appreciated Chuck's attitude, not the minstrel Chuck. Uh, like you see. His role model. Yeah, Shaq, Shaq, you know, based on his political leanings, I should actually hate Shaq. But his personality reminds me of us. Like, Shaq is the type of guy that's so genuinely funny and has never lost his child, his inner child, dude could come on the show and, and fit. Because we still are clowns. We still have a great time. Shaq has a great time being Shaq and, and living life. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. So We got to yeah. get up out of this piece. Uh, pretty much the same for me that, that, that be named. You know, definitely Iverson. Um, just because of where we're from. Uh, Jordan, I, everybody wanted to be like Mike, <laughs> no matter what he was doing. Um, Doc, Doctor J, I mean, just because of where I'm from, just, just Doc, okay. just yeah. because like yeah. he was probably the first person that you remember that like you have to root for. Like if I'm doing this Philly sports thing, I have to do this. But we'll get back yeah. into conversation like this. Uh, some. Some topic recommendations for, for next week, people. Shout out to Neil in the chat room. She said Kobe made her watch basketball. She hadn't seen a single game Word. before he came into the league. But we want you guys to get on our social media or text us if you know us. And, you know, give us some, some recommendations on topics because things run thin when there's no, no news cycle. But, look, we, we, we definitely want to thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another brief, briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, on the group me app and all the callers who called in to chop it up with us tune in next week live right here on demand as we catch you up on all the sports topics for the week so until then enjoy your weekend start of next week please stay safe because they're opening up a lot of these states be considerate of others and we'll see you right back here next time be sure to catch our conversations on facebook twitter and instagram as well as our blogs webcast and network podcast on wolvensports.com also 
Make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or warrooms.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on the top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.